Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Calling Tau City, turn on your radio. I know we had some words last time, but that was so long ago. I got your message. It was a little harsh, you know. It's still a little hard for me to hear. Please take it slow. Welcome to Starship Sofa, part of the District of Wonders Network, featuring tales to terrify and far-fetched fables. Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. This is the Starship Sofa. Everybody, welcome. Hello and welcome to show 524. I am your host, Tony C. Smith. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is fine and dandy. Oh, she's a cold one today. I've got the dogs to go out later. And it's just biting cold, man. Oh, biting cold. Tell you what's coming in today's show. Main fiction is The Advanced Ward by Michael Gennario. Originally published in Veterans of the Future Wars. Now, I've not seen that collection there, so I'm going to go hunting that out as well. So, before we get into that story, a couple of things. Star Trek. Oh, man, this new Star Trek. Honestly, I am so annoyed with it, man. It's just shockingly bad. Honestly, I'm not going to give any spoilers away. And if you like it, tell us why you like it. But I just, it's like they're trying to grab on different threads, alternate universe, you know, like different people coming in. And it's just mixed up this Klingon war, man. It's like dragging through treacle the ending of it was just diabolical man it's just let's let's throw in two men kissing oh we'll be really you know with the kids everything's so hip and groovy it's absolutely shocking i am so disappointed with it michael burnham the actress who plays michael burnham quality extra actress there wasted man oh god she's just wasted in this do you know what I mean? and it's the Oh, it's just I, I kind of without you know giving something away, but the the plots they're just terrible. Do you know what I mean? 
Look, it's honestly, and by a square mile, I still say dark on Netflix is, you know, by a country square mile, I think that's a little bit bigger than a city square mile. Just quality characters, characters you can relate to and get, you know, involved and worry about and be concerned about. You know, Star Trek, it's just killing them off and bringing them back and, you know, they can jump to, like, God knows where the figure. Oh, it's just, just. And yet, I think there is, you know, obviously there's people out there liking it. I think it's been greenlit for a second series. It, see how I'm frustrated with it. You know, the opening, I always go back to this, the opening scene of it was so telegraphed. The first show, the first very show, when they were walking around this little desert planet, Michael Burnham and the, the, the captain, it was just telegraphed at 10 minutes of, like, poor writing, shocking writing, man. You know, we're, we're adults. Let we work. You know, we can work out things. You know what I mean? We can we can tell by people's faces, you know, acting, and we can tell that they're upset. You know, we don't have to be told, you know. We can tell there's a big storm in the background. They don't have to tell her. But, hey, man, I was just deeply disappointed with it. You know what I mean? It was just, it just didn't seem that it had its own identity. It was like picking things from all sorts and the ending was just for me. Oh, dear me. Waste of time, man. Honestly, waste of time. Altered Carbon. Now, we've improved there. Yes, definitely improved. I wouldn't say fantastic, I think, but I, I would certainly give it a good eight, eight and a half out of ten. Do you know what I mean? Probably eight out of ten. And I think Jeremy hit on it. I've seen a post on Jeremy and he says the the main character, the main actor, should I say, was a bit wobbly, you know, and I couldn't relate to him. He just didn't seem to, like, have the chops for that role. Yeah, in some play, you know, like, fits and, you know, fight and, you know, there's certain scenes that he nailed, but there were certain other ones where it was just a little bit, where if it altered carbon... It, just to give you a kind of little glimpse, you, something in the show, you go back into the past of, you know, Kovac and you see him what he was, you know what I mean? And that actor was, was fine, do you know what I mean? He he nailed it every time. But the, is it Takeshi Kovac, who we see in, you know, who will, will follow the story through, just seemed a little bit... You know, and I think he's been in some, you know, some programs. So yeah, I, I'll grow I'm in a grumbly mood. You know what I mean? I'm not honestly. I'm not. Just watch the dark. You know what I mean? It's just it's intelligent science fiction. And yeah, you've got to stick with it. I think Graham. I think it was Graham Reynolds said he watched three episodes or two episodes, and it just wasn't moving quick enough, and he just he kind of left it. But that's for me when it would start, you know, when you you have real empathy for the characters, you know, there is danger there and it's pure good acting and it's pure good writing that makes you, you know, want to get, want to get into them and want to get, you know, follow this story along. And I've been watching, and I'm waffling here, you know, I've got lots to say as well, but we'll get into that main fiction. The, I've been watching Black Mirror. Those episodes have been absolutely fantastic and each story is its own entity, you know, its own little world. It's nothing, you know, it's not like an ongoing series. So it's great to kind of dip in and watch them. If anyone's seen Black Mirror, fantastic. I love them. Let us know. Do you know what I mean? Let us know indeed. So that's me Star Trek waffle. Got lots to say as well. 
I mentioned, you know, we're trying to get 500 you know, like Patreon subscribers there. And I think that's a great goal to kind of achieve. And I mentioned last week, you know, we went down, we had 377. Well, this week we have 388. Yes, 10 folks have come over. Well, a couple have renewed, you know, because I mentioned last week, renewed their, you know, the cards and kind of put in the new cards. But we now up to 388. So are this going real? You know, we could quite easily hit, you know, this year, the 500 mark. And I'm going to give a shout out to everyone that's kind of came on board. And this is my time where if I'm getting known for, you know, sometimes butchering names and that i'm shocking at it man it's just you know what i mean if it's john smith i'm there anything else on them either side of that and i'm all over the place so if i butcher your name that's a bonus <laughs> but i want to give a big thank you to nathaniel rich and nathaniel you are a star so thank you so much so much Lanetta. Lanetta, is that <laughs> Lanetta, Lanetta pledge 10 pound you are a star Lanetta. John Moss, amazing John, David Spindler, Malcolm McKenzie, Jordan L. Torgson, Simon Monk, Adam Gabriel, Johnny M. Kelly. Big thank you to all of you. Do you know what I mean? Just amazing. And like I say, we don't need oodles of kind of, you know, coming in at the big the big end of Patreon. Just, you know, a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, five dollars, just at that lower level would be fantastic. The more that I kind of do in that you know what I mean? You're less likely to kind of cancel your subs. You know, like if you're paying a dollar, two dollars, you know what I mean? You, I lose that down the set. Hey, you're not going to cancel that. I wouldn't have thought so, you know, in desperate, desperate times possibly. So listen, big thank you to everyone that's done that. If you want to kind of come over, honestly, you get ad-free Starships over. You get the Silent Invaders, the, the Silverberg one. We've got a few books lined up for that and the Red Dwarf as well. And we've also, Perion send out an email where they do this, I think it's called Lens Flare from the app. You can start recording, you know, like a live, I guess, like a little live video. So I'm going to show you little things like behind the scenes as well on that as well. So keep an eye out for that. There you go. Still got lots to talk about, but I think it's about time we hit the main fiction. And like I say, it is The Advanced Ward by Michael Gennario, originally published, Veterans of the Future Wars. Michael A. is a writer living in upstate New York. His short fiction and poetry has been published recently in Militha Review, Lonitar, the Journal of Southeastern Asian Speculative Fiction, Long Hidden, Speculative Fiction from the Margins of History, Starline Magazine, and Eye to the Telescope. What a great name. I like that one. Among others... A former journalist, he works at College Art at a college art museum in upstate New York, where he lives with his wife, son, and dog. His Filipino family name is pronounced Ha Nai Ro. He blogs at Michael. I'm saying, see, <laughs> straight away. There's a link there to Michael's. So he butchered that straight away, Michael. Honestly, I am sorry. I'm totally sorry. Ha Nai Ro. So, Michael, I think that's how you possibly get... I might even with even with it written down in front of us. This story is narrated by Spencer Despati. Spencer is from Phoenix, Arizona. He likes to read stories and pretend he's other people. <laughs> so, the Starship Sova is very proud to present... 
The Advanced Ward by Michael Gennaro. Read to you by Spencer Desparty. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Zemo charged into the apartment, snagged an umbrella from the stand, and rolled into the living room. He took a knee and set the handle snug against his shoulder, turned his head, squinted, pressed the non-existent trigger, and made a pew-pew-pew sound through his pursed lips. His shoulder jerked from the imaginary recoil, but he kept shooting, following the swift progress of one of those stinky, drooling, scaly, not arvarn beasts in dark, evil armor from a death ship. He shut up the lampshade, the wall, the frame of his father's portrait in his dress uniform, and the thin space where the long drapes failed to reach the floor. Breathing heavy, he lowered his weapon. Where'd it go? All was quiet. Too quiet. He rose and saw his reflection in the dark screen of the defective entertainment monitor. He flashed a cocky, movie hero smile. Then he saw his mother's reflection behind him. No, she said. He turned. But I... I... He began, but he didn't know what his defense should be, because he didn't know what exactly had prompted the no... And anyway, she wasn't even supposed to be home. She held a spoon in one hand, her old frilly apron tight against a crisp business suit. She said, Zemo Flavier Andor, what's our deal? But it's an umbrella, not a gun. His voice slid up an octave even though he thought he had nailed his argument. He held the umbrella up as proof. She sighed. Listen, bucko. Real or fake, it doesn't matter. It's what's going on in that little propaganda-filled head of yours that's the issue. What your father's doing, what most soldiers are doing, isn't fun at all. He lowered the umbrella. Mom, he said, stretching out the vowel sound a few syllables. She didn't know what she was talking about. In fact, earlier that day, a soldier who had visited his class had used the word fun to describe his gun battle with Na'arvarns, a fight that cost him his arm. What? she said. He put the umbrella back in the stand by the door. 
He turned and saw for the first time that dollop of cookie dough was clinging to the mixing spoon in her hand. He said, Are you making cookies? She narrowed her eyes and said, Don't tell me. Your teacher had another Federation soldier in as a guest, didn't he? At first he wondered, How did she know? Then he realized she had given him an out. He smiled. Awesome. I won't tell you. He tried to walk around her to get to the kitchen and the cookies, but she held out an arm to stop him. He sighed. His shoulders drooped. Yes, he was a sergeant who had lost an arm, but he's about to get a bodmod at the GFAR. She nodded and waited for him to continue. He sighed again. So Miss Joyce asked him questions and he answered. Then she told us she was modeling our next big assignment. She said, So you're supposed to go to GFAR to interview a veteran and write about it? He nodded. Oh, that's cool, she said, her voice weary. They keep filling your heads with this crap. He said nothing. He knew she was just getting started. He prepared himself to maintain eye contact while he dreamed of gleaming faster-than-light battleships taking him far, far away. She said, I'm going to arrange for you to meet an older veteran in the advanced ward, okay? You already met one of the Bod Mod ward. Now you can meet someone else, someone with history. Someone with something to say. And maybe you'll listen, and I mean really listen, and finally understand that your father's ten-year mission is based on subjective time and not our time. <sighs> I know you're tired of hearing this, but you know I'll do anything I can to make sure you have a full and satisfying life, so you don't have to join the military like your father and leave your family behind. In his mind, he was feeling gravity's pull as his ship burned into the atmosphere of an unexplored planet called V-29. She sighed. Anyway, I came home early today because I wanted to surprise you. Cookie dough? A silence made him blink out of his daydream. She was now offering him the spoon? He said, what? I'm making your favorite, chili chocolate chip. Stunned her lecture had ended so soon, all he could say was, before dinner? She smiled. If you don't want it, she said, raising the dollop to her mouth. I'll take it. He reached up for the spoon. She handed it to him. We're celebrating. That's why I'm home early. I got the raise, finally. Which means we can afford Langford Academy. Or THE Langford Academy. Really? He said, mouthful of sticky, spicy sweetness. He had forgotten about their visits to private schools the year before. Is that the lesson box place? Where I wore those goggles and swam with blood cells? That's the one. Cool! When do I start? Next term, in August, she said. Once you finish your term at the public school, you'll be a Langford student. Awesome, he said. And are you ready for some cookies? The advanced ward of the Galactic Federation's Peace Forces Rehabilitation Hospital was informally known as GFAR, the Final Frontier. At least, that's what Zima's classmates told him, saying it was where vets went to die. It had the same clean white walls and tile floors as the rest of GFAR, but what he hated about it, besides being in it, was the air. It was warmer and thick with an industrial-strength cleanser smell that kept failing to mask gross bodily odors. With every step, his sneakers squeaked, and nurses stared and smiled at him, trying to be nice, but reminding him he was the only kid around. When he reached room D2, the door was open. He walked in and saw an old man with wild, stringy white hair and wide, angry eyes, 
rise from a chair, swing his cane around in the air, and shout, Utfiolan! Zemo ducked, backed out of the room, and ran back down the hall, his shoes squeaking all the way, to tell the receptionist that the veteran in D2, the one she told him to see, wasn't in the mood for talking. Back home, his mother dismissed his pleas to interview a veteran in the Bodmod ward, and instead made a new appointment for the advanced ward for the next Saturday. On that day, the veteran was a woman, wrinkled and gray-haired, her face soft and welcoming, as she said, Do please come in, when he knocked on her open door. He liked how she said that, beginning a sentence with do, so he felt helpful. But after he introduced himself, she said, So young, so young. And then she wept, with her head bowed and her hands covering her eyes. Then her body convulsed and the machines around her sounded with frantic beeps. Nurses ran into the room and kicked him out. Back home again, his mother still wouldn't let him talk to someone who could actually, you know, talk. When she called to make another appointment, his mother asked the receptionist to let her speak with the administrator in charge of the advanced ward. His name, she learned, was Lieutenant Colonel Anderson. She introduced herself and then said, Why are you thwarting my son's education? He's a child of an active-duty soldier headed out to combat right now, not some rear echelon paper pusher. If my husband were here instead of in stasis, you would be. My son deserves better. Zemo, hovering behind his mother trying to get a look at the console, could hear Lieutenant Colonel Anderson's tinny voice say, My apologies, Miss Ander. I didn't know you were so passionate. Maybe we can work something out some night this week. Maybe we can what? She said. Then she turned to Zemo and said, Go to your room. A few days later, Zemo saw his mother on the subway when he got on after school and she was supposed to be at work. She was sitting with her head down, a hand holding one of those fancy shopping bags from a woman's clothing store. He said, Mom? She looked up at him, smiled, and opened her arms to embrace him. He stepped into her arms. They hugged. He said, Get another raise or something? She laughed. <laughs> no, I was just getting myself a treat for... Hey, counselor! A voice called from down the subway car. A familiar voice. Zemo stepped back and saw, as expected, a thin girl with lanky hair and a smile that showed awkward teeth. She was an orphan girl who talked too much and who had changed her name to Proximia after the stupid planet they lived on. His mother smiled at her. He said, Hey, Prox. She looked at his mother. He knew his mother would give him a hard time later if he didn't make introductions. So even though he didn't want to, he said, Prox, this is my mom. Mom, this is my classmate, Proximia. The girl stuck out a thin arm and shook Zemo's mother's hand. Pleased to meet you, Mrs. Ander. I've never met a real lawyer before. His mother said, Pleased to meet you too, Proximia. He said, Actually, my mom's name is Santos, Rosalie Santos. Proximia, you just call me Rosalie, she said. You know, I really like your name. Was that a name you picked out for yourself? You can just call me Prox, which I picked for myself, she said. You know why? Because this planet is awesome. You know what I did? I found this scientist, a geologist, who had done a stint with the Peace Forces going to other planets and studying rocks, you know? But now he studies rocks here on Proximia, 
Can you believe it? That's what he gets paid to do. What a deal, right? That does sound wonderful, Zemo's mother said, smiling at Prox and glancing at Zemo, who tried as hard as possible not to roll his eyes. I know, right? Prox continued. There's just so much on Proximia. Have you ever been to the mountains? I was just reading about this bird, the Proximia phoenix. It lives in dead volcanoes along the Milton Range and captures insects and cooks them in hot springs. Can you imagine? I'd love to see that. And the geologist I interviewed said Proximia has all sorts of unexplored places, including the Langford Trench. Remember seeing that film in school? All those weird little glow-in-the-dark fish and things? That'd be so neat. Just being at sea, standing on the deck of a ship, seeing the sunsets? Zemo's mother said, You interviewed the geologist for a school assignment? It's the one we have about interviewing a veteran, Prox said. The one Zemo's having trouble with? Oh, really? Zemo's mom said. I thought the assignment called for interviewing a veteran at GFAR. Oh yeah, Prox said. That's what the assignment said, and my guy had been at GFAR once, so I had to get some special permission from Mrs. Joyce, because what this guy does... geology? I think that could be my future. How about that, Zima's mother said to him. He said, I won't have much of a future if I don't get my report done. Prox laughed, and his mother smiled. When he thought of his future, he thought of joining the Peace Forces. Like his father, he said, Sometimes I think about going into law. The subway car slowed, and the announcer said, Next stop, courthouse station. Stand clear of the doors, please. This is me, kids, Zima's mother said. I'll be home in a couple hours. Zima, work on your homework, okay? Proximia, it was a pleasure to meet you. Prox said, The pleasure was all mine. His mother stepped off the train, turned, blew him a kiss, and then continued on her way. Your mom's cool, Prox said, as the subway continued. He only had a few more stops to go, but she had even more, which meant he was stuck with her until his station. She spoke more about the geology of Proximia, and he listened politely, but all the while keeping an eye on the ads that flashed on in an overhead screen for iced tea. It tastes fresh! The Peace Forces. Freedom at any cost! The Galactic Federation. Strength in unity! and the Proxima 8 Central City Metro Police Force. See something? Say something. It's the law. Many hours later, a noise in the middle of the night jerked him out of sleep. He sat up in bed. Quick footsteps, too heavy for his mother's, plodded past his door. His first thought, Dad's home! He tossed his covers aside, jumped out of bed, threw open his door, and ran down the hall. In the dim glow of a nightlight in the apartment's entryway, a man in a military uniform stood with one leg awkwardly raised in the air so he could tie his shoe. The man looked up as Zima got close. He saw the man's face. It wasn't his father. He saw the man's name tag. Anderson. The lieutenant colonel said, Oh, hey, Zima boy. Did I wake you? Sir? Zima said, not because he hadn't heard him, but because he didn't know why he was there. Yeah, listen, Zima. Go get some shut-eye. You got school tomorrow, right? I'll see you Saturday at GFAR, okay? Zima nodded. And don't give your mother such a hard time, okay? She really loves you, kid. With that, the officer grabbed his coat and left. Zima locked the apartment door and went back to bed. In the morning, as he and his mother rushed through eating, cleaning up, dressing, and getting out the door, their usual routine, he forgot all about the late-night visit. On Saturday at GFAR, Zima walked into the room of a veteran a major, who was sitting up in bed and smiling. 
He had a pleasant face, despite the wrinkles, the blotches of darkened skin, and the thin suggestion of hair on his head. Oh, it's now visitor time? He said with a thick accent Zemo couldn't place. Most propitious this, no? Good morning, Major. My name's Zemo Ander, and I'm working on a school project about the contributions our veterans have made to the peace and prosperity of the Galactic Federation. May I ask you a few questions? So, so, the colonel said, gesturing for Zemo to sit in the chair near the head of his bed. Young man, please commence this interrogation. Uh, yeah, Zemo said, commencing. He read the first question in his notebook. What is the most important contribution you have made to the Galactic Federation, sir? Most important contribution, the major said, nodding. By this I surmise something other than myself? (laughs) He made a soft, breathy sound that Zemo thought could be laughter. He wrote the words down. He tried to write down everything the major said. Galactic Senate detail? No, no, not exciting enough. The new Hyderabad protocols, mayhaps, quite important in political realms. Ah, yes, now I'm remembering something. Something from my younger command days. To be sure, my memory functions are no longer... What is the word? No matter, in my younger days. Please excuse proud moment. I was a battalion commander tasked with the Atarashi Mitsui colony protection. Not so many light years from Proxima 8, I believe. Zemo was glad for the pauses, because he hadn't realized how hard it was writing things down, especially when he had never heard of Hyderabad or Adarashi Mitsui Colony. When he was sure the Major was going to say no more, he asked his second question. When you think about the contribution you made, what single moment stands out in your memory? The Major paused. Zemo waited. This was the question, his classmates said that got the best answers. And after this, he only had three more questions to go. The Major said, My Atarishi Mitsui colony memory? Please understand my state. The issues that have brought me here are memory-related. He cleared his throat. Zuma wrote down these words and waited. He didn't know what to do. His question hadn't been answered, but the Major had stopped talking. He looked up. The old soldier had a pained expression his tongue sticking out a little as if tasting something sour. He cleared his throat again and said, Atarishi Mitsui Colony, I believe, also had the nomenclature of Earth Colony Alpha. Do you know this? Zima wrote these words down too. When he saw the question and realized it was directed at him, he looked at what else he had written. The word Earth stood out. He hadn't heard of those colonies, but everyone knew people originally came from planet Earth but people had left it thousands of years ago. He asked, Did you say Earth? The Major nodded. Earth. I once remembered Earth. Yeah, Zima said, not believing. Right. The Major nodded. I should ask you, young man, what age do you believe I have attained? Zima asked, attained? How many standard years do you believe me to have? Uh, Zima said, you mean, like, how old are you? He tried to recall the average lifespan for people on Proxima 8, and then added a couple years to it. Ninety-two? The Major smiled. More. One hundred? The Major nodded. In standard years, I believe I surpass five thousand eight hundred and ninety-six. 
Zemo examined the Major's face. Is he joking? The Major nodded again. Unbelievable, yes? Zemo stared at the figure he had written down. How could anyone be 5,896 years old? Please, let me explain, the Major said. Do you know Stasis? Stasis, Zemo said. You mean sleep for interstellar travel. Then he mumbled, not that I'll ever get to do it. Yes, yes, the Major said. Now do you know the term stasis anomaly? What? Zemo asked, writing the words down. Sometimes stasis anomaly has the enlisty nomenclature of forever night terrors. Do you know these? Sometimes in the interstellar travel, the faster than light travel, the body processes attaining a slowing, a kind of sleep, but the mind does not attain the slowing. Instead, the mind stays active for years and years and years. For too many years. That's not the standard. That is the anomaly. So maybe now you understand stasis anomaly? What? Zima said. He saw his pen hovering over his notebook. The last words he had written were forever night terrors. But his mind was on his father, who he thought was in stasis right now, spending the last few weeks of his ten years service traveling home, asleep, but maybe always thinking, thinking too much. And there was no way for him to know, to know for sure what was happening with his father, and the uncertainty felt so enormous that he felt so small and powerless. He thought, so this is what my mother wanted me to hear. Stasis anomaly, the major said, is a person thinking and dreaming but not moving when faulty mental memory states are attained. This is me. Today, though, I think the stasis control system is improved much safer. Zemo, the major said, are you now with me or are you thinking now of your father? Zemo blinked. He nodded. The Major turned his head and narrowed his eyes to scrutinize Zemo's tousled hair, his clean and fashionable shirt and pants, and cheap, blocky sneakers. He said, Please, no worry about your father, for the Federation has studied my memory states and has found ways to improve the Stasis controls. I'm not worried, Zemo lied, thinking there's no way his father would ever be like this weird talking veteran. My father's probably on his way home right now, maybe even in stasis because he left almost ten years ago when I was just a toddler. Oh, the Major said. Very good. And this knowledge is from a Galactic Federation notification? Zemo shrugged. Or from your mother? She hardly ever talks about my father, Zemo said. At least anymore. The Major nodded. I am very old, but I have memories of me being a boy of your age, of having attained twelve standard years. Yes? I'm eleven and three quarters, Zima said, and saying so made him feel better. And do you know that in the Galactic Federation Peace Forces that Stasis time has a twofold accounting procedure? Zima started writing again, underlining Stasis time and twofold accounting. The Major smiled. I think your mother previously informed you of these, for Federation Peace Forces payroll has a basis in standard years. However, service years has a basis in subjective years, meaning non-stasis time. That is to say, you may have spoken the truth when you say your father is in stasis, almost ten standard years after leaving home. 
but hystasis is not likely to be the return. Rather, it is likely to be the departing journey. Do you understand? Zemo understood. He understood too well. He felt the room spinning, and a chill as the blood drained away from him. In the silence after the colonel's question, he heard his mother's words in his mind, shouting, You never listen. I've told you hundreds of times. Stasis doesn't count. Just because he left when you were two doesn't mean he'll be back when you're twelve. He's in stasis now on his first trip, and he'll probably still be there by the time we get old and die. Don't you get it, honey? That's how it works. He knew this, but he still signed up. He said he wanted the adventure, but for us it's like he's dead and gone for good. We'll never see him again. Now in the Major's room, the words, I'm an idiot, filled his mind, and he knew this was what his mother really wanted him to hear, not just the truth from the old soldier, but the truth that she had been telling him all along. The Major said, I understand your silence. This is the old story of the love of the absent father and the rebelliousness with the present mother. I have this re-memory I know is true, that in my twelfth year I decided my fate. Is this still the case? Zima nodded. It was all anyone talked about at school, to join the Federation Peace Forces, or not. Few students were like Prox, who wanted to stay on Proxima 8. The known versus the unknown, the Major said with a nod. Days filled with the future dreaming. Zemo nodded again, but then thought he should be writing more down, so he scribbled away. Maybe this is the truth of your times, Zemo wrote, and then, in the silence, realized the Major wanted an answer. Yeah, my mom always says kids shouldn't have to make adult decisions when they haven't lived yet. The Major nodded. Your mother is wise. He gestured to himself and around the room. You need not be old to be wise. In this place, all around, are some very old soldiers. But some never learned the new common language. Some talk no more. Some very confused. My case? My history? I was an officer, but my past is very confused. Now I like the now. The Proxima 8. Such a special planet. A magical planet and the auspicious interview with the Zimmerander. You ask what my most important contribution was, and I said, Atarshi Mitsui Koloni, but I no longer remember the details. In truth, my most important contribution is my mind. He pointed to his head. Zima wrote down his words, looked them over, and said, Your mind? The Major nodded. My stasis anomaly is a gift for scientists for the now times, for the tomorrow soldiers. Like my father, the major nodded. In the silence that followed, Zemo looked at the next question he had prepared. He asked, If you could do it all over again, would you? The major looked at Zemo and smiled. He said, I will tell you one thing, more than anything. I wish I could remember my mother. A nurse walked into the room, saying, Oh, would you just look at the two of you? Major Jimenez, it looks like you're having the time of your life with Zima here. The Major nodded. And Zima, look at all those notes. You're going to have the best school report. Now, if you'll excuse us, the Major needs to take his meds and it'll make him sleepy. 
But doesn't he look good for someone who's nearly 6,000 years old? Zima stood. His writing hand, he realized, was damp with sweat. The nurse busied herself with implements on a tray. The major watched him and said, Please, come back any time, young master Zemo Ander. Zemo nodded and blurted some kind of goodbye that he was certain included a thank you or two. He stepped out of the room. He could hear the nurse still talking. His mind was all jumbled with the major's words and the memories of his mother's words and even an image of the Proxima Phoenix, a creature he would like to see. And the busyness in his head made the emptiness of the long, well-lit and silent corridor feel wrong. He walked down it, his shoes squeaking, for what would finally be the last time. And he felt burdened by an unexpected coldness and sadness. He felt alone. At the far end of the hall, a door opened. At once he recognized the figure of his mother in her business suit and skirt. He ran to her, all the while thinking he would never be able to fully cross the distance between them. Then he had his arms around her. Hot tears poured down his cheeks. He said, Mommy, Mommy, I love you, I love you. Oh, honey, she said, gently embracing his shoulder with one hand and smoothing out his hair with the other. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. The Major's voice stayed in his mind, but he didn't let go of her. Through his sobs, he inhaled deep lungs full of air, capturing the subtle, sweet, flowery scent of his mother's perfume. He wanted to remember this moment always, to carry it with him when he left home for the Peace Forces, and adventures far beyond Proxima 8, for a life that could last hundreds, even thousands of years. And there you go. Big thank you to Michael. Michael, thank you so much. What a story, man. Thank you so much for getting that over to us. That was amazing. And Spencer, yes, I would like some more of your work, please, if that's, if that's possible. Yes, it's just fantastic. Thank you so much, gentlemen. So that is the main fiction. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I say, I've got a few more things to, to mention. And I know I'm kind of going on about Perion, but this is a little kind of side thing. You know, when we had that kind of wobble with Perion, there was a few people said, is there any other means? And we have got the, the PayPal. But I recently did, and this, because it's science fiction, it feels like science fiction to me. We have now got a Bitcoin and an Ethereum deposit bank. So you can go over there. Now, I know not many people are going to have that and you hear all these kind of stories about bitcoin and ethereum but it doesn't matter what the price is do you know what i mean it kind of you put in it's just you send over a couple of quid it's not going to get touched i'm just going to leave it there because you know it's you leave these things in for the long haul and i know by god there must have been some some happy and un, very unhappy people you know like last month when it kind of rocketed up if i hope some people sold at that time but we have a Bitcoin address and an Ethereum address. And, you know, if I had getting into this, you know, because if you remember, oh, I, I did, oh, ages ago I interviewed, see, I should have had notes, I interviewed someone, with, you know, who was kind of heavily involved in the Ethereum, you know, and this was like last year, something two years ago, you know, eh, eh. <laughs> missed opportunities if I'd put some money in Ethereum if I'd put some money in Bitcoin mind you so there you go like I say if you don't understand Bitcoin honestly I went through everyone told us you know because I reached out to a few people and folks just said oh best to use Coinbase as your wallet you have this virtual wallet Coinbase is the company I've used it's a great it, it's 
fucking so simple, man. Do you know what I mean? It just, it's nothing worried or anything to be frightened of, you know. I, on the the web browser is brilliant for it and the app's brilliant for it and they have about three four cryptocurrencies there so i've got a little fund i put a little bit of fund in anything in in all of them and a big thank you to john southhurst it was john that kind of advises and was you know on on facebook pointing out some ways to go around it and i think john's been is writes about bitcoin as well you know what i mean so he kind of what he doesn't know about it so I was advised to go through Coinbase, and like I say, it works great, you know what I mean? You get this, like, long code, and all you do is send money, you know, through whichever wallet you, you know, download and use. You just paste that code in and send it, and that's it, simple. Nothing, no, you know what I mean? <gasps> what a dream, that works, you know, yeah. On the one side, you've got the fluctuations of the market, but if you just want to kind of send, you know, a couple of quid, do do it just to kind of, because it's, it's exciting, man. It's like science fiction. It's cryptocurrency. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, that, that would be fine. I'll put the links on the website. I've asked Josh to put some kind of widgets on there as well so we can kind of, you know, go there regular if you want to do. So what else was I going to mention? Oh, health-wise, yes, I'm... Getting right back into, I seem to kind of wobble over, not wobble over, but it was just, you know, last holidays and then Christmas and kind of eating and health wise. And it's just hard to get out with the dogs and get the walks in. So I've been kind of, you know, we now in England, it round about half five, now quarter six when it starts to get dark, which is brilliant. I can get the dogs out for two good walks. And I've started to use. Like a super green powder. Does anyone use them? Super foods, you know, it's like it's just like a powder, all the green veg. I've started to take that as a drink. And fibre. I'm taking this big I've got this big bag, huge bag. It lasts about five years. Chicory root. That's apparently a good fibre which feeds the good because that's the whole thing, is get the good biome going in the gut. And with all these kind of drinks, you know, it's uh, if you're eating if you're eating breakfast at the minute, you know, just Close your ears there. Lucy Goosey. Bye. I tell you what. Bang, it falls out. <laughs> hey, there's no mess in there. So if anyone's in that, I mean, like I say, the whole idea for me to do it is to get my good biome into kind of good work and order again, and which they say is good for the mind. Do you know what I mean? That's why I'm doing it, kind of good for the mind, good for the soul and all. But... <laughs> <laughs> Lucy Goosey. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On that note, I would just like to say good night from me. This presentation has been brought to you by the District of Wonders Network, dedicated to podcasting the finest genre fiction. You can learn more about the District of Wonders and their many literary productions at their website, www.districtofwonders.com. Thank you for listening.
be By the time I get my say I might already be on to you And on my way But you're so far from here And at best I'm moving slow So I'm waiting on your call At home with nowhere to go Can you reach me? Is my signal getting through? Turn on your radio I want to talk Myself on a radio wave, I might get to you someday. If books were rocket ships, I'd need only the will to fly. I'm still building word by word, and I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.